Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Happy holidays, everyone. Merry Kwanzaa. <laughs> To everybody out there, today's the second day of Kwanzaa, and this is the holiday edition of the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. It's also the fifth day of Hanukkah. That's right. It's the fifth day of Hanukkah, and it's finally the day after, two days after Christmas. Finally, Christmas is dead. God damn. This is a rough year in the war on Christmas. Seems like we didn't make any headway at all in the great battle of Walmart. The battle of flat screen TVs. Sometimes I wish podcasting was a visual medium because I wish you could see what Natasha looks like right now. <laughs> She's wearing limousine tint sunglasses, a bathrobe, and slippers she stole from a luxury hotel. They're actually from Ikea. <laughs> the slippers. To me, that's a luxury. Wait, Ikea has slippers? They did one at some point when I was there. Did you purchase them? I purchased 10 pairs. Of Ikea slippers? Because they were only $2. And I thought they would be nice to have. So if anyone at your house wanted to put on slippers, they could put on slippers. And do you have any more? Mm-hmm. Okay, here's a special offer for the Endless Honeymoon <laughs> Podcast listeners. If you want a pair of Natasha Legero Ikea slippers uh, for the next four days, we're going to be giving them away until uh, while supplies last. <laughs> we live at 7200 Ventura Boulevard in Studio City. And just go to that address and show up, knock on the door. No matter who answers, you say, I'm here for the slippers. Now, it's going to seem like we don't live there. And this was an elaborate ruse. And we definitely wouldn't live in the valley. But we do live there. And so get more aggressive if the person is like, there's no slippers. I don't know who Natasha Legero is. No, I am going to be signing my slippers, though, at my next show. Is that right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'll be bringing some slippers. (laughs) Speaking of shows, we were in Portland this last weekend. We did an amazing live Endless Honeymoon podcast episode. I mean, it was a magical night, would you say? I had a great time. It was really fun. Everything went well. Laughs galore. Truly an amazing night. And then, well, the Grinch that stole podcasting (laughs) paid us a visit. And so here's here's a special rest in peace to that content that will never be heard. kind of a funny thing to do a podcast R.I.P. Episode. content R.I.P. content R- content it was a funny trip too there's something weird that happens in portland which is that there's always these like autograph hounds that meet you at the gate like it's weird why portland why not any other city but there's always like a a, a man that looks like he plays call of duty waiting for you <laughs> a man that looks like he knows his way around a 64 ounce big gulp and there was one of those and he had a stack of like headshots and he came up to us. First of all, how did he know what our flight was? I don't know how they know that. He was just there. I think they, they go to see all the comics. Yeah. And then they'll look at the schedule and then maybe ask when the flights from L.A. are. Because there's only like two. Right. Or three, maybe. But And no offense, Natasha. <laughs> I mean, I think you're great and I think you're a big star. But how much can you sell an autographed Natasha Legero <laughs> Brickleberry screenshot for on ebay how much is that really worth i mean maybe it's for their own um category like they like to put it in their own in collection their collect- yeah. there's 20 of them 
So first of all, the first thing that was happening was there was 20 Natasha pictures. And at the very <laughs> bottom of the stack, there's one of me. And it felt, it didn't feel genuine. It felt like it was in there so as to not insult me. Because it's like, well, why one? Why would you just have one? I mean, there was so, it was literally the canon of Natasha's work. It was like, here's Brickleberry, Reno 911. Here's your headshot from Dice. Here's your headshot from the upcoming show Broke on CBS. And then it, for me, it was like, oh, and here's like your middle school graduation picture. Sign this, Jew. He said that to me. Um, one time I was in San Diego at Comic-Con. And because uh, over the years I've met those people, specifically in Portland, They're these autograph hunters. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy, I, I saw one of them. There was a couple of them, but I knew one from Portland. And he was like, oh, what's up? How are you? Are you enjoying Comic-Con? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like talking to the guy. And then me and the other comedians were like, okay, well, bye. Start to walk away. And I overhear him talking to his autograph hound friend. He goes, his friend goes, who's that? And the guy goes, oh, that's Moshe Kasher. He's a nobody, but he's cool. <laughs> like, all right. Honey, you're not a nobody. Thank you. What would you say I am? What list celebrity would you say I am? Um, married to that one girl. <laughs> married to a B-lister. That's going to be the title of my memoir. A C-lister married to a B-lister. Uh, no, here's the weirdest part that happened. Should I tell this part of the story? Oh, well, he just had naked pictures of me printed out <laughs> well, from the internet. Bop to the punchline again, I see. Yeah, we're <laughs> flipping through her headshots, and all of a sudden there's a picture of Natasha just nude with her ass in the air. From like a selfie or something. Yeah, and and Natasha and I were like, what? And the guy, it was so funny, the guy like immediately was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I Like he <laughs> pretended he didn't, he was like, oh, was this risque? <laughs> I just, I got these from Google. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it was like a picture she had sent me. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. And he goes, oh, these are the pictures I got from Google. Well, guess what, folks? I Googled it. No, they're not. That's not, uh-uh. Guess what else? Maybe Nat- they're hackers. Natasha Legero, but Googled that. Nah. uh There's some good pictures on there. <laughs> Natasha Legero, ass in the air. Uh-uh. <laughs> Natasha Legero, big you fat thing. You Googled all that? Yeah, Natasha Legero, big fat thing. Uh-uh. Natasha Legero, badonk, dadonk, dadonk, bonk, badonk, badonk. Uh-uh. Natasha Legero, thick for a white girl. Uh-uh. <laughs> Natasha Legero, pog. Do you know what that is? No. It's a porn acronym for fat-ass white girl. <laughs> it doesn't mean fat-ass. It means fat-ass white girl. It's a white girl with a fat-ass. Guess what? Uh-uh. <laughs> Natasha Zero, you know, a little in the middle, but you got much back. Uh-uh. Natasha Legero, my anaconda don't want none unless you got buns, hun. Uh-uh. <laughs> Natasha Legero, camelback. Uh-uh. <laughs> Natasha Legero, got that jello in the butt. Uh-uh. Stop. I'm just telling you all of the categories <laughs> that nothing showed up for. Natasha Legero, thicker than the Berlin Wall. Uh-uh. Natasha Legero, like an almond cake. Uh-uh. Natasha Legero, that jello done set. Uh-uh. Natasha Legero, she okay. got that fudge. Uh-uh. You kept going? Yeah, all these things I Googled. This I don't know where this picture came from. And I, and I asked Natasha, 
I was like, was that upsetting? And what did you say? Oh, it, I mean, it was definitely creepy, but, you know, my butt did look good in the picture. <laughs> it did so look good. <laughs> well, it was like airbrushed or something. Hard to be offended when your butt... It was not airbrushed. You don't have an airbrushed butt. It was like... Had a filter. There was something going nah, on. Nah, that's what it looks like. I'm going to be honest with you, Natasha. If it was a selfie I sent you, I'm sure it's something I like. Nah. Let me tell you something. You're a thick butt tan. And that's a big, big, big reason I married you. Thanks, Mosh. That's very romantic. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Let's throw some chestnuts. Okay, let's do our first call. We're going to call Ethan in Prescott, Arizona. Hello? Hey, hi, this is Ethan. Hi, Ethan. It's Moshe Kasher and the thick butt 10 herself, Natasha Legero calling. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How are y'all doing? Good. Very good. How's Arizona right now? Uh, I'm actually in New Hampshire uh, at the moment visiting family. Ooh, I've never talked to a person in New Hampshire. I didn't know that was a place that really existed. It's not. Out of many, one? Is that what your state motto is? Do, or don't tread on me? <laughs> no, it's uh, live free or die. Live free or die. That's right. Wait, that's the New Hampshire license plate thing? Yeah, there's a great Carlin, uh, Carlin bit where he compares the state mottos of New Hampshire to the state motto of Idaho. He goes, New Hampshire, live free or die, Idaho. Famous potatoes. <laughs> uh, so what's going on? Um, so I go to uh, school in Arizona and I've uh, been seeing this girl um, for like we've been on like a few dates or whatnot. Um, and she's super rad. And we get along awesome. Um, but I uh, am leaving for like four months um, for uh, class to be in like the back country basically for four months. Um, so I'm kind of conflicted with trying to start something with, uh, her or anybody, if I'm going to be gone, uh, for that long, um, if that's like worth it or if it's worth it to just kind of, um, not try to be with anyone. Question. What, what is the back country? Is that those sweet cigars? Uh, it is not. Um, it's like, uh, you know, like, like up in the mountains and stuff doing like uh, mountaineering and, uh, rock climbing. Oh, you're just going on a trip? Uh, yeah, for uh, school. So I'm getting my uh, my uh, mountain guides uh, certification. Are there going to be other options in the mountains? <laughs> That's what I was wondering. Are you going to be fucking uh, a billy goat, or like, <laughs> what are you worried about trying to keep your options open out, out as you prospect in the mountains of Arizona? I mean, four months isn't that long. True. Is this like an expedition? Like, are you, uh, are you going to be, is there someone else maybe you're interested in who's going on this trip with you? Is there a grizzled old ranger that you might want to? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, it's, I mean, it's like a series of expeditions over four months. Um, but, uh, no one really on the trip that I'm interested, um, or that I would think it's a good idea to necessarily, um, have a horrifically awkward situation for that long. Right. Well, because when somebody's on the other side of your Teton ropes or whatever, you don't want to have jilted them in the tent the night before because they can exactly. let go. You know? <laughs> Wait, That's so true. Yeah. You don't, you don't want an awkward sex situation and be like, okay, well, anyway, this has been really nice, but, um, I'm going to climb the mountain and I really hope that you do anchor me well. Now, wait, what are you getting your, your degree in? Mountain man? 
It's called adventure education. It's basically just guiding. You're getting a degree in adventure expedition? <laughs> yeah, my parents are real bummed. <laughs> <laughs> what does that lead to? Do you become a ranger? Uh, no, uh, so more like uh, mountain guiding. And I've been working as a river guide in the Grand Canyon uh, in summers. Um, and kind of like, so like high altitude mountaineering. Wait, and you're in a, are you in a university? Yeah. <laughs> and how much does the university cost a year? Is it a private school? Um, after, uh, yeah, it, it's a private school. After two, like uh, scholarships, it's like 11000 a semester. <laughs> a semester? <laughs> yeah. You're spending $22,000 a year to get, a, to get an education that back in the day would just be like a base survival hard tech <laughs> Oregon Trail Okay, so but he's going to guarantee himself a life in you know beautiful nature, so that's kind of cool. Uh, you know, the, I, I I so tell me I I'm having a hard time seeing the dilemma since you don't want to have the option. It's not necessarily that attractive to have the option to sleep with one of your uh, your co adventurers. What is it that you're worried about in this four month period being committed um, to? Is like uh, kind of starting something and then just like being gone for four months and um that kind of not going well also i'm uh known in my uh friends for not closing ever so i'm just kind of worried about like having this awkward lingering um stage of like all right i guess maybe we'll hang out when i come back after four months well i just want to say that for me hearing a man dedicated to the rippling rocks of the arizona canyons and the the roar, rushing river of the Colorado using the phrase closing was really an unexpected <laughs> surprise. I didn't expect that kind of Glen Gary, Glen Ross douchery coming from this, this mountain man. I just think you need to be careful and don't worry about like you strategizing when you should be dating if you meet someone you like. There's two things I like. <laughs> Communing with nature on the rushing river of the Colorado and closing the deal with a hot honey that I met at a bar in Prescott. Live free or die, baby. I, I agree with Natasha. I think that uh, I, I understand. So this isn't OK. I think I just got figured you out. This isn't really an issue of you like going, I want to keep my options open or, uh, or or anything like that. This is an issue of you feeling like going away after consummating the relationship is a is a furtherance of a pattern that you have, which is that always sort of in being in that are we aren't we phase with women. Mm. Is that totally. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You nailed it. Have you slept with this person yet? Uh, no. I see. Well, that seems like you should do that, or or figure out if you're not going to do that before you make this decision. Totally. When are you leaving to your expedition, oh, oh mountain man? <laughs> In like uh, three weeks. In three weeks. So I mean, it, would it be would it horrify you to have a conversation? Have you kissed this girl yet? Uh, yeah. So you guys are romantic. Yes. Would it freak you out to be like, oh, we're still dating while I'm in, in the woods? No, but uh, I don't know if that's like kind of like a dick move. <laughs> oh well. Just be upfront with her. Yeah, conversation. It seems like you need to actually talk to her and tell her your concerns. But make sure that you don't say, I'm just worried, what if I end up fucking someone in the raft? <laughs> <laughs> don't say it like that. Just say, 
you know, I really like you, but I'm worried because I'm leaving for four months and I worry that it'll be a dick move and who knows what the future is. But And then tonight, she might fuck someone in a raft. Uh, yeah. Is she also getting a degree in mountaineering? <laughs> uh, no, she's uh, going to uh, become a teacher, which is a little more reasonable. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I think you need to get to know her a little bit and see if this, maybe she'll surprise you. Maybe you'll feel not self-conscious at all when you're talking to her about it and it'll feel really easy. You know, you just have to see. What we say on this podcast a lot is that oxygen is the best disinfectant. And and I think right now what you have is a... a, a, uh, uh, Let me put it in terms that you'll understand. I've never said that much. When you're trying to create... (laughs) When you're trying to make a forest... When you're trying to make a little campfire, right? You're, You're the... You're trying to make a you, you gotta put some air between the sticks, you know? Or, right. or or it'll just it won't work. Right now all you got is sticks. <laughs> and you gotta stack them up a little bit with this woman. You gotta tell her, I'm leaving, I'm concerned because I like you and I you know and, and then I think you gotta I think you guys have to have sex. If you haven't had sex, right. you do, I don't even I'll think I'll tell you, her that. You should tell her that. <laughs> I'll say we have to have sex. You say, we say, I listen to a podcast and they say we have to have sex and we have to do it with the Smokey the Bear Ranger hats on. Exactly. Yeah. I call the hotline. Uh, but I do think, I think like, yes, you can't, uh, after one smooch, I don't think you should be committed to somebody for four months. But after, uh, pers- I mean, there's nothing for you to pursue romantically in the woods. And here's the other beautiful part. If you're not worried about your co-rangers because you've had a conversation, you know there's someone waiting for you, you can focus on the majesty that is nature even more. True. Yeah, no, definitely. All uh, right, well, let us know what happens. Good luck, and please be careful. All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Good luck. All right, bye. You know, I once went to the uh, bottom of the Grand Canyon. Really? Yep. Oh, yep. yeah, I would love to do that. One of the peak experiences of my life. Like on a scale of one to five, how strenuous was it in the hikes you've ever done? The hike itself was not strenuous, that strenuous at all. But how long? But it was painful the next day. The uh. downhill was incredibly painful. I felt like my butt had been rammed for nine hours and I know <laughs> what that feels like. And then how many hours did you have to walk with that feeling? Oh, the next day we were trashed. There's a place at the bottom of the Grand Canyon called the uh, called the Phantom Ranch, which is probably where that guy's stayed, and uh, and it's like this cabin sort of setup. And uh, we did yoga on the banks of the Colorado. We went for a hike, and we found this oasis in the middle of the desert that had a, a mint growing in it and a waterfall falling on top of a rock that had been falling so long it was totally bone dry. But the rock was like emerald green with moss, and we went we went and bathed under the waterfall. It was truly a peak experience. It was one of the greatest things I've ever done. Uh, so I recommend. They say people go to the Grand Canyon. They generally they spend an hour at the rim and drive away. But how did you get this like beautiful experience? Wouldn't there be like a million people there? No, because most people are fat slobs <laughs> that go to the rim, look look over, <laughs> and go, you know. Oh, cool. And they leave. But the magic, the magic is in the crack. And that's what I would say to Ethan. <laughs> the magic is in the crack, my brother. You got to get in there. <laughs> Your advice is like a, also like a beat poet. <laughs> we should start um, playing some music underneath some of your... It's um... a good, 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 good call. All right, now let's hear some secrets. Okay, here's my secret. I feel like this is kind of bad. Um, I'm an elementary school teacher, and 
my all-time favorite thing that happens in an elementary school are the shooter lockdown drills because <laughs> it's 10 minutes of absolute silence and darkness. And that's really terrible. So that's my secret. Bye. <laughs> how, how often are these drills? <laughs> And how miserable is it to be a public school teacher when the only respite from your hell oh is the God. shooter lockdown drill? Like, it's like stepping into a warm bath. That is the most depressing secret perhaps we've ever had. I don't understand. I mean, I understand it, but I just, I really feel like teachers should get paid so much more. <laughs> I mean, not this teacher. This teacher needs to be summarily fired. She's like, the only bright spot of my day, the shooter drills. And I long for the day when it's not a drill. Ah, that'll be peace forever. Bye. <laughs> Let's play another one. So when I was 18, I was playing Extreme Truth or Dare with my ex-girlfriend. We were at a sushi restaurant, and it started off light where... We would go back and forth if someone had to yell penis or we would take a piece of sushi off someone's table when they weren't looking. And the extreme part came in when I dared my ex to let me take a shit on her chest and she agreed to it if I paid her $20 too. So we got back to her house and she laid in the bathtub and I perched on top. And let's just say the sushi didn't agree with me. <laughs> you see where this is going. Uh, let's just say it splashed outside of the tub and she was completely uh, covered. So that's my secret. Okay, bye. I feel like Moshe's going to throw up. I just, he has no tolerance for that. There's just so much wrong with that <laughs> call. First of all, it started bad. Extreme truth or dare, like that's just a thing. <laughs> We're all like, oh, you're playing that old game, huh? <laughs> Second of all, he's pretending like like she should have known. Like That's such a funny psychological reveal, isn't it? It's just like, let's play truth or dare. Okay, you say fuck. Okay, you take a piece of tuna, spicy tuna roll. Okay, how about, what if I shit on your chest? What if I were to take a hot load on your chest? It's like... So the woman is who wanted that. No, he wanted it. The, whoever dared it. Whoever was the darer is like, we're no longer playing truth or dare. We're playing reveal my deepest, darkest sexual who wanted secret. Who wanted the shit? Who introduced that? I think it was that boy that called. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then also the idea that somehow like it's better, <laughs> it, it's better to get nice solid shit on your chest than a diarrhea spray. I just feel like none of this is good. This all reeks of a fraternity. There's no way that someone involved is not in a fraternity or a sorority. But it's also like when you're in the tub, you've left the sushi restaurant. You've had an hour to process this. You're no longer in the game. At what point? Oh, wait. Wait. The game is The game over. left. They got in the car. They paid the bill. They said, they said you know, thank you very so much. So they're probably wasted. They bowed to the sushi chef. They got in the car. They clipped the seatbelt. They started the car. They drove to the house. <laughs> At no point did someone say, you know what? Actually, maybe we shouldn't play this particular game because I'm thinking you're about to shit on my chest. But also, I like the idea that he thinks if he had just dropped a real solid log on her, she would have been like... <laughs> That was actually pretty nice. <laughs> He's like, as if the secret is, let's just say there was a bit of splash. It's like, it was gross already, dude. 
Would you ever let a man shit on no. your chest? No. What about on your foot? No. It's so. I would pee on a man. Have you peed on a man? No, but I would. Mm. 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 I might have. Let's take a quick pause and we'll be <laughs> right back. <laughs> Let's play another secret. Hi, Natasha. Hi, Moshe. So here's my secret. Um, growing up in the middle of nowhere on Cherio in Canada, uh, we had things in the 90s in our fridge like craft singles. And I loved them, like loved them. So one day I ate one and then I ate two and then I ate three and then all of the craft singles were gone. And I was ashamed. So I, because I lived in the middle of a forest, buried the evidence. So <laughs> there was garbage in my forest where I grew up. And that night at dinner, my mom was like, where are all of the crap singles? And my whole family was like, I don't know. I don't know where they are. And I was like, I don't know where they are. And then I realized that having this secret felt real good. So next time she bought craft singles, I grabbed them. I went back into the forest, the same spot, ate the entire package and buried that too. <laughs> and this went on three to five times. And then my mom stopped buying craft singles. So that's my secret. Love you guys. <laughs> you know some people she must have gone to waldorf school <laughs> so, right this is like her this great is her transgression is she like, put some garbage I in the put forest plastic in the forest some people have not truly lived i feel i mean she seems pretty vibrant yeah i would just say that like the, the juxtaposition between last week's episode of i was a child soldier and this week's episode of I buried some plastic wrappers in the forest. But she was also talking about that secret like she needed to let it off her chest. Well, speaking of secret, letting it off your chest, we had a, a lovely, <laughs> a lovely poo-poo secret earlier. No, I think this is why I was so excited to do the Secrets Hotline because I figure everybody from the most mundane and innocent to the most diarrhea on the chest, hot California roll on the chest has a secret, has something that they haven't told anybody. And you think they all want to say it to somebody. And so, yeah, this craft Singles lady, I salute you. Though your secret may be innocent, your revelation was healing. Um, <laughs> okay, so I've been dating this really amazing person for like eight months, and I'm probably going to move in with them, and I'm very happy, but like, Four times a week, I think about my very terrible ex-boyfriend and wonder what he's up to. And it takes so much willpower not to email him. But I think I'm just self-sabotaging. So that's my secret. God, I thought I was bored by the craft singles. <laughs> no, I just think that I, she's, I think she may be still in love with her ex-boyfriend. I mean, this is the classic dilemma. It's like, the healthy relationship that doesn't feel as exciting or the toxic poison relationship that you want to just take a little sip of to see if it still hurts. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, lady, give yourself a little bit of compassion. It'll pass. There's nothing good. There's a reason why you guys broke up. And if you think that that reason is a non-negotiable, then you know it's never going to work. So Yeah, it's like, go, it's like you go to a, a, a well and it's got bitter water and you're like, I just want one more sip. You already know what it tastes like. That shit tastes like the hot diarrhea spray from the sushi, <laughs> from the extreme truth or dare game earlier. It tastes like a mixture of that and craft singles. Just sort of whirled up into a roll. You don't need your ex-boyfriend. Look forward, never backwards. 
Should we take another call, Tosh? Yeah. Okay, we're going to call Jacqueline in Los Angeles. Hello? Jacqueline? Jacqueline? Yeah. Yes. Jacqueline. Hey. Hi, it's Natasha and Moshe. Hi. How you doing? I'm I'm doing okay. All right. <laughs> Good. Let's find out if that's true. <laughs> Why'd you call? Why'd you contact us? Um, I'm hoping you can be like my yentas or give me advice on how to come to terms with the fact that the people that I'm attracted to are horrible <laughs> for me. Oh, like what? Like heavily tattooed musicians, but not like to the point where they look like coloring books like SoundCloud rappers do. Okay. <laughs> but what's the issue? <laughs> what's wrong with a tattooed man? <laughs> um, I don't, I don't know. Well, why are they horrible for you? Um, they typically are like a one and done situation. Oh, they, they, they're, they pounded out and hit the pavement. Yes. And especially in LA, like everything's transactional. So it's like, okay, I'll go out with you. You have to do this for me. And then that's it. Right. Where are you finding these men? Um, all the apps. Got it. And so everybody's just trying to smash and dash. Exactly. They're just trying to nut and cut. <laughs> Wait, I, I have a question, Jacqueline. When you say they want to do, like, what's something you've had to do? You know, what's what's a transaction that you can think of that was like, didn't feel that cool? Um, I mean, 99.9% of the time, it's something sexual. Yeah, but we're saying like, like what specifically? No, 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 no we're not. We're not. We're not. <laughs> so you're so basically. So you just get each other off kind of thing. Basically. Are you enjoying the sex? No. It's often horrible. So you're not enjoying the sex, the physical part, and you're not enjoying the emotional part because it leaves you feeling, what, used? Yes. And you're wondering if we can give you advice on how you can avoid men that aren't good for you? Yes. Well, it doesn't seem like the problem is you figuring out how to avoid men that aren't good for you. seems to me the problem is how to give you the advice for you to stop doing things repeatedly that you already know don't make you feel good. Right. Because there's a lot of p- women out there, a lot of women out there that are uh, Moshe has had sex with. That that I've had sex with that are that enjoy the transactional nature of a casual fling, but it seems to me that you might not be that kind of person. Probably not. So the question isn't how do you avoid jerks that want to fuck you? The question is how do you stop fucking people when, and making yourself feel like you're with a jerk? True. Very true. I mean, is there anything you can do on the apps to broaden your search for? I, I don't know how does how does it work? Like, <laughs> no, yeah, dude. Is there a fuckboy filter? <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you do? I never, I never ha- have dated on an app, so I, I feel like I feel like you you seem so young and fun. Like you should also be going out and meeting people. I think and going to things that you're interested in, and you know, doing maybe like half of it on the app. Yeah, but right. But I don't think the problem, personally, Jacqueline, I don't know you that well, but uh, but I have known you, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I don't think the problem is the app. I think the problem is that you just have to stop doing stuff that you already know is going to make you feel shitty. And by the way, I'm not saying there's nothing more annoying than sitting down on a date with somebody the first time and them declaring to you, I don't do casual sex, so don't even go there, boy, or whatever. Like, 
I don't think that's the secret is for you to go like, we're not tell these guys. Like, I just think like, if you are doing something again and again, that's making you feel like shit, then you should just stop doing that. Stop, stop hooking up with guys. If you don't want to hook up with guys and have it be casual. Right. Does that make sense? It does. And that opens up the space for something else. Yeah. Like, what do you like? Is there any part of that advice that feels difficult? Yeah, definitely. How come? Why does that sound like a challenge? Um, I think because I get like really impatient with sifting through like so many duds. Sure. There's lots of duds out there. And your dud is probably a gem for someone else. Right. So you're like sift. You're like, it's not even that they're all assholes. I mean, I'm sure some of them are assholes. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying these guys are all treating you like a princess. I'm just saying like the process of dating is like filtering through 10,000 rejects so that you can find the one that you want to be with. But in the meantime, like, listen, I loved casual sex. I was the fuck boy of which you speak. But, but eventually, you know, I found somebody that I wanted to be with. And I, and that's the, that's the lady that I'm on the phone with you with. Right. But if you do meet someone that you like, you have to, you know, just take your time a little bit. I think make sure you like them. Right. How, like, how did you know Moshe how to stop, like, when you realized that it was, like, the one? Well, what I'm, I, I guess what I'm saying is, I mean, I can answer that question, but I don't actually think it's a valuable question. Like, y- y- the, the secret is not you finding a guy that's not an asshole. The secret right. is, is becoming the person that, you know, acts according to your own desires. And if you're, desi- if you're not... If your desires are not to have casual sex with some guy, I don't think that that the challenge is actually going to be that acute for you to not sleep. I I bet in your gut you kind of know within one date whether or not this person that you're on a date with is just like some fuck boy that's trying to get some. I I bet you probably already know. Am Am I right about that? Probably, yeah. And sometimes you're telling yourself, oh, I don't know if I'm going to hook up with this person. But then like you feel like, oh, I maybe I should or maybe maybe this is will be exciting or maybe no, guys can be charming for like one date. Well, she says she she yeah, that's true. But like what I'm saying is like there's probably some part of you that that knows like even when you decide to hook up with them like that you're it's not really what you want. Is that true? Um, I think it's more like being misled. So all of these guys that you're finding on the app are like, baby, you're the you're you're the princess and I'm going to be around for forever. And then you find out afterwards. Yes. I mean, I want to say something. I want to say something a little controversial, which is that I think Moshe thinks that uh, like most of the women that he was having casual sex with were really into the casual part of it and didn't like somehow dream of maybe having a relationship with him. And I think that you know, in my experience, the girls I know, like, are not trying to do that as much as men. It's not that controversial. I, <laughs> I, I, I believe, I agree with what you're saying. Jacqueline, w- w- the point I'm trying to make... I don't and they go on dates and then the guys just want to have sex, right? I mean... Yeah, but the point I'm trying to make, Jacqueline, I'm not trying to scold you for hooking up with these guys. I think, you know, all of dating is about experiencing the same lesson again and again and again 10,000 times until you really figure out what you want. And so when you ask me, how did I know Natasha was the one? It's like, 
it wasn't really about that. It was about me slowly getting ready to change uh, what I was doing or what I wanted. I don't quite believe you. I don't know you that well, but I don't quite believe you that every one of these guys is giving you the signal that they're going to be your boyfriend and then you find out the next day that they're just some fuckboy. I think like in, in, in there was some book I once read and, and that it said, uh, I don't know if this will provide you any insight, Jacqueline, but it was this book called Ano Ano, The Seed. And it was, I remember this passage. It said, the world and its people cause most, if not all of your problems. Uh, but but unfortunately, the world and its people are too... What's the name of the book again? <laughs> it's called, <laughs> I was in the middle of a passage, Jacqueline. It's called Ano Ano, A-N-O-A-N-O, The Seed. It was this book of like Hawaiian uh, like spiritual messages or so whatever. So what's this, what's this passage? So the, it goes, the world and its people cause all of your problems. But unfortunately, the world and its people are too big to change. Change yourself and you will find that the world and its people have changed around you. And I always thought that was a really profound message, which is like, there's no hope for you, Jacqueline, or for anyone in any circumstance figuring out how to stop the fuckboys of the world. They, will, they're, they are infinite. <laughs> there, there's an infinite number of them. You will never find a filter that will filter them out of your life. There's no way. There is no way for you to take them out of your life completely. The only hope for you dating and the only hope for someone looking for to stop any pattern of behavior that they are not comfortable with is to change their own behavior. And then all of a sudden, the non-fuckboys will appear. If you stop... And their people. And their people. <laughs> if you stop hooking up with guys that you already kind of in your gut know probably aren't that serious, then you will find the person for, with whom you can be more serious. Exactly. It's not about... You know, you know, clicking enough profiles until you find the magical man that's going to stick around. It's like going out on a date with a guy and going, that was really nice. Thanks. I'd like to do it again sometime. Good night. And then getting in the Uber and driving home, not going home and hooking up with the guy and then going like, how did I find myself in this situation again? It's like, it isn't them, Jacqueline. True. Fair. Okay. Well, I think we've given you a lot of advice. (laughs) (laughs) I suggest... I suggest, Jacqueline, that for your next few dates, for, for like two No months, more quotes, though, Mosh, okay? I'm oh, fuck kidding. off. <laughs> <laughs> Mosh is about to pull out some roomy. Well, you know, you know, Chaucer once said, <laughs> for the next couple months, just don't sleep with these guys. Okay. See what changes. By the way, I'm an advocate for casual sex, but I'm not an advocate for doing things that make you feel bad over and over again, hoping that eventually either the person you're doing it with will change or you will change. Neither will happen. You are who you are. They are who they are. They just want to get. They just want to bust a nut and hit the throttle, and you want somebody <laughs> to stick around. Yes. So the secret is for you to go a little slower, probably, and see what happens. Okay. Does that make sense? And if they're in a band. Maybe. I, I think it's that's like a fair solution. Why are you resistant to it? I'm not at all. Okay. All right. And if they're in a band, um, you're, just know you, you're going to have to go to a lot of their shows. And Right. And if they have tattoos, that's a billboard telling you that they're incapable of human love. Anyone <laughs> with a tattoo with one, two or more tattoos is incapable of being in a relationship, which is why tattooed <laughs> people don't get married. That's also a quote from Ano Ano the Seed. <laughs> Okay, good luck, Jacqueline. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I mean, that was just to me like classic. The problem is outside and actually the problem is within. 
I do believe in casual sex. I do believe some people like casual sex. Yeah, but that sex. one time you were like, and then the girl had gummy candy and I was like, she's trying to be like me. It's like, no, she's just in love with you. So she like wants things around her when you come and like let, <laughs> let her give you a back rub or whatever, salt well, scrub. It, it wasn't the salt scrub alone. It was also a dick scrub. <laughs> that happened as well listen i'm not naive i think you're probably right that men are more comfortable generally if you were to go with like stereotype like large numbers men are more comfortable with casual sex than women but all of the straight men that are having this casual sex are having casual sex with women so it's like at a certain point i got to a a, a point with dating where i was like am i supposed to guess whether or not you're down all i can do is be honest about what i want whether that makes me a fuck boy or not like you're also responsible to change your own behavior and say, what do you want? Which is difficult because, you know, you you want to try to like, everybody wants to try to get like their psychological or emotional or physical needs met and is hoping that people will change. But the, the, the dark secret is that no one changes. No, you, you never... But you, I do think there are like, I have a lot of friends in their 30s who like want to meet people and they use the dating apps and then guys just want to have sex over and over and that can be kind of hard. I don't think that's an app problem. I think that's a people problem. Like, you know, I mean, the, the, I don't know if it's ever worked in the history of man where the guy's like, I just want something casual. And the girl's like, well, I think I'll hook up with him and hope that he eventually decides that he wants a deep and fulfilling emotional commitment with me and then eventually the guy comes around i mean i bet it's everything's happened but it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem likely i just think that the the way people are dating is going to be influencing how things are you know what what's happening things are changing you think the apps are part of the problem yeah, the, tr- the ease and transaction with which the app and the and the selection and and what the like what the options are. But and also, you know, I think people in their twenties, like girls in their twenties, guys too, are probably more down for casual sex. That's probably true. And then it's you know, I just think it would be really hard to navigate that world. I don't envy people doing it, but you know. I don't know anything about it. But, you know, a guy wanting to hook up and a girl wanting something more serious or vice versa is a tale as old as time. And that actually, that quote is from another spiritual book (laughs) called Beauty and the Beast by the Walt Disney Company. Well, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear some more dating app stories. I want to understand it more. No, it's got to be a way to like, I, I really think it's about not solely like trying to do dating apps. Yeah, I don't know. I think that oversimplifies, but I do. But I do agree with you. Like events where there's going to be people and things that you're into. If you like some musician or some piano player, or you know, go to like LACMA to the events. But you're old school. People don't even do like, that anymore. People don't go up to straight. I saw this great stand up. I don't know if I mentioned it on here before, but it's, I, I think it was on the Tonight Show. And the guy he was talking about how when a guy like doesn't use dating apps, he's like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, what are you talking about? You just went up to a woman in a bar and said, hi, somebody called the police. Like, it was like a funny idea that like it, we're getting to the point where it's almost abnormal to not date on dating apps because things are so tense. At least the dating apps. I think the beauty of the dating apps is that they they allow people to know that they're engaged in at least a theoretical romantic connection with each other. I understand that. I'm just saying you have to like always go to the party, always go to the thing that you're invited to. Like if you want to meet people, it's good to just go out. But I'll tell you with you, Natasha. And not be lazy and be like, I'm just going to stay in. If you, if you, I don't know. I just feel like. The way that I knew that you were 
more than a casual hookup was that I I took it seriously. I wasn't like, oh, Natasha's the one. It was like I was like, if I date this woman, I'm going to date her seriously. I'm not going to have something casual. You were hot to trot. All you wanted was to bone. and You love this story. All you wanted to do was bone and hit the throne. You know, <laughs> you wanted to just have sex and, and, and shit on your chest. And shit on my chest. And I was like, I demurred. So it wasn't really about anything but me changing myself. Once again, it's all about changing you. That's what I think. I have a few things I'd love to have change about you. What what are they? And you'll never do it. What's the main thing you'd like me to change? Um, I I guess your breath. <laughs> Just a tic tac once in a while. It'll go a long way. <laughs> no, you're perfect, honey. Okay, thanks. You know what? You know what? You're so perfect. Yeah. That I love you. I love you too. <laughs>